Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. I am your host. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was the Apostle Paul speaking to believers, saying that our heart needs to be awakened to the beauty of Jesus Christ. The light of God needs to shine upon our hearts so that we could walk in the fullness of of who we are as believers, so we could walk in our authority, so we could walk in the love of God, so we could truly make a difference in the world around us. And that's what this show is all about, encountering the Lord and releasing Him in today's world. And so I always, I start off with the scripture, and I want to start off with Psalm 8411. And um, it's just been sticking with me. I had a, uh, Kyle Hubbard on with me, a friend of mine, a few you know, a few episodes ago, and we read from Psalm 84, and this has just been sticking with me ever since then. But it goes like this. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And this is a scripture that is just so beautiful. The Lord, it's the kind intention of his will to hold no good thing away from us. He gives grace. He, he gives glory. He's our son. He's our shield. The word of God says that the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow to it. The word of God also says he provides for us according to his riches and his glory in Christ Jesus. He is in us. He is with us. And his provision has been there from us for us from the beginning. And as we walk with the Lord, we get to see this manifest in our lives. And so I'm very I'm very excited that my guest on the show today, he's made an impact on my spiritual walk with the Lord. His name is Sean Bowles. He is a TV host. He's an author, a producer, a Christian minister. He has been leading conversations in the church, in the entertainment industry, in social justice, and has helped believers connect their faith to culture in a very transformative way. He's the author of several books and best-selling books as well, including Translating God, God's Secrets, Keys to Heaven's Economy, Breakthrough, prophecies, prayers, and declarations. And his most recent book that we'll be discussing today, which I think uh, you know, is being released you know, at, at, at the perfect time and season, especially with what's going on um, today in the church and all over the world. It's called Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations. And so thank you so much, Sean, for joining me today. I'm so glad to be on, Michael. It's so good to be with you. Hey, bless you, man. And so before you, uh, before we recorded today, I just, I, I spoke about how your ministry has really impacted my life. And so I'm just, I'm very grateful. You've been led by the Lord. You have a rich history with God. And so thank you so much for being a friend of God and just sharing all the content that you share on YouTube, on TV, all the books that you release, <laughs> man, you must be busy 24 seven, just releasing this and you have a beautiful family as well. And so thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I agree. I think they're awesome. And uh, we have a really good work-life balance. And so it's, it works really well to do what we do with the media content, especially now that we're all stuck with COVID and not traveling, <laughs> um, taking the traveling off the page. It's given us more time to be creative, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad, you know, that's, that's, that's a very good thing. And so one, before we get into the topic today, going into provision, God's heavenly provision, I always like to ask my guest, um, you know, many people know of your ministry, some may not who are listening. How how did you first encounter the Lord? How I love hearing how God awakens people's hearts. Totally. My parents were um saved in the Jesus People movement and they were a part of a, a church called the Calvary Chapel in Yorba Linda down in uh Southern California where yeah. the Jesus People movement was one it was one of the main places that it centered around. And John Wimber became the pastor of that and, and kind of leader and my, my parents came out of a Catholic tradition which they loved all the way into Protestant Christianity. I grew up around 
this incredible movement where people were just meeting Jesus. And it wasn't just church centric. It was happening on beaches and, you know, bus stops and picking up hitchhikers and whoever. It was just such a crazy time. And it really touched my heart as a young man because my parents, even though my dad was a colonel in the Air Force and I was a stay-at-home mom, they were doing all these small groups and they kept introducing, you know, all the small groups, whether it was airmen on the Air Force base or whether it's youth, they were introducing the Holy Spirit. And so I, during that time, really saw the Holy Spirit move in some deep ways that changed people's baseline of their life, not just like help them a little bit, but like God transformed. Wow. So I grew up like just seeing that God can transform. That's the conversation I wanted to have. That's what I wanted to be about. I didn't want to just be church centric, but I also didn't want to be just, you know, like I want to go make money for God. I wanted to, I want to see the love of God continue to transform industries and cultures and regions and places. And that's been my passion. Absolutely. And I just feel like it's critical. God's raising up voices that are possessed by the love of God, that filter everything through the love totally. of God, that are relational. And you've been a huge voice um, in the in, in the church in regards to even just bringing prophecy down to that level of like, hey, everything, even you know the, 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 the prophetic gift manifests through love and um, just bringing so much balance. And so, and I really appreciate that. It's a huge mandate for you. And so I, I really appreciate that. No, thanks, Michael. I appreciate you saying that even, just recognizing that, because before, maybe about 15 years ago, I was preaching a lot about love, and I wasn't heard as clearly because we were doing mostly stuff with like social justice, entertainment, and then just teaching at, you know, different events. And, uh, you know, after I started going after really training people in the prophetic, and it wasn't because of my own gift only, but it was because I was training and activating people in the prophetic who were showing up in really critical times for other ministries, for politics, for, you know, the poor and they started to tell where they got that love-based approach was for me. So I wasn't, I wasn't like um, very well known. I just happened to have tons of people that I loved and impacted and gave them courage. And they told my story over and over and over. And so that's where some people were like, you emerged from nowhere. I kind of did just because I, behind the scenes, I was just faithful for 25 years of loving people yeah. and prophesying and teaching them how to hear from God in a way that was actually not just another notch in their belt, but actually love these people and use this as a tool to see transformation and they did. And so then, you know, like now the last seven years we've had just so much impact because of the multiplication of other people, not just my own gift. Yeah. I highly recommend for people to look you up on YouTube and, and get um, a hold of your resources. Even the book translating God has really revolutionized the way people view the prophetic gift mm-hmm. and, and the heart of prophecy. And so I highly recommend grabbing translating God powerful read. You have some amazing stuff in that book. But I want to I want to talk to you about your book provision that just recently released. Uh, oh man, what a god timing on this book! I'm telling you, especially now with the up and down in the economy and everything that's taking place, it's so important for believers to plug into the Word of God and really just stand firm in faith in that evil day, just doing everything to stand firm and just to trusting God's promises and provision more than anything else. And you. You have this uh, scriptural foundation in the beginning of the book that you lay regarding the provision of God, you know, even just stating that every vision has a provision attached to it, and even just relating that to the reality of God being a father. I'd love to hear about that. Well, you know, it's really interesting because like even writing this book, the number one question I get, and I'm sure you get this too from people just in the masses of whoever would listen, is like, can you mentor me? And yeah. Of course, you're going to do that a little bit through media and whatever, but I mean, like really what they're saying is how do you spend time with God and can you teach me to pray and access God the way you do? That's what I hear from that question. Mm-hmm. And so we wrote Breakthrough last year, which is very much the same thing. It's a prophecy, a prayer, and a declaration for 10 areas we all have in common, like family, business, you know, ministry, whatever, you know, just the healing, health, 
how do we see God a breakthrough? Well, this one's about provision. And I think this, this is a very buzzy word, and there's a lot of hyper prosperity out there that's the wrong message. Sure. And I broke it down into God's a father, and I'm a father, and I'm already planning for my daughters who are only five and seven. I'm planning for their college. I'm planning, I'm believing that God will make me a major contributor to their future, financially even. And yet, we have to trust God even in a day like this where we're living, where, you know, 30 million plus in unemployment, we have to trust God to believe for like, I'm a father that's going to leverage my position so their dreams can come true. And I'm only a good father. God in heaven is the perfect father. And when he planned each one of us, it says, you know, Ephesians and Romans that before time began, he prepared us for good works or good works for us. And so that means that he planned things that we would do to give Jesus his reward on the earth. He saw the whole thing. And in the midst of that, so we have a destiny, we have a calling, we have a purpose. In the midst of knowing that a lot of times Christians will know, like, I'm supposed to impact this people group, I'm supposed to do this, but we don't link it to the fact that we also have a father who would never give us a mission without giving us the resources and provision to go on the mission. Wow, great. And that missing component right there is so hard because a lot of people, when they come into the kingdom mentality, they think, you know, I'm never going to be able to do all that I'm called to because I'm, I, I, you know, I don't have a college degree or I don't have, I don't have a good way to produce resources, but we're limiting ourselves to our man-made ability Versus God who told the Israelites in Deuteronomy 18, I've given you the ability to produce wealth because it shows off who I am as God. It shows that you are my people and that I love you. And it's that father message of like, if I'm a father and I let my kids live destitute, I'm not a very good father. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a father and I'm helping them, of course, in every other way too, not just monetarily or resource-wise, but if I'm helping them to become who they are in the right identity, then there's resource involved. And as a Christian, we can't pretend there's not. As a matter of fact, the two first ways we hear to learn from God, you know, hear his voice is number one, conviction of sin, because yeah. we start to feel guilty for things that we would have never felt guilty for. But number two is how to give resources, how to give money, how to give time, how to give energy. We start to hear God. We start to feel pulled on, like, I'm supposed to give to that missionary, or I'm supposed to help that single mom, or I'm supposed to give time to children's ministry at church. I don't even have children, you know, that kind of thing when people hear God. And so, like, provision is a big deal because how we deal with our resources and how we trust God as a father for our resources impacts everything that we do. Yeah, I agree 100%. And even you're just talking about God being a father and even that confirming, you know, that he is a father over us. And even in the Old Testament, how God was with the Israelites. We have so many examples of prosperity and scriptures that are obviously um, pro God providing in all different kinds of ways, not just you know, with prosperity and, you know, with money, but that is very obvious as well. But I think that, like you said, you talked about hyper wealth movements and I grew up myself in a church that was heavily focused on prosperity and it, and I believed a, a lot of it was so, so good. And I'm so grateful that I was a part of that church and I learned, yeah. I learned so many amazing things as a word of faith church. And there were some things that I heard that were definitely imbalances that God had to highlight, but I feel like it's so obvious in the Bible that God wants to bless his people but we go to the opposite extreme of like saying that, hey, poverty is a blessing. You know, and this is something that's been in church history for years. People, you know, considering like a spiritual gift to be poverty. You know, they go to the opposite extreme just because of all the um, extremes, you know, in, in terms of the prosperity gospel and message that's out there. Let me just speak a little bit more to that. Well, it's so funny because if you ask any Jewish person modern time, if, uh, if poverty is a blessing, they would all unanimously say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's zero blessing in poverty, and yeah, you because know, they have a Hebrew mindset. Even if they're, even if they don't haven't totally adopted religious mindset, there's something that's wired into the culture. Um, the reality is that to have any, you know, Jesus said in his first message, Matthew five and six, when he's really preaching, 
And most of it was about provision and resource. Most of it was about what God would do for us and give us his kingdom. It was very practical. So consider the lilies of the field. They don't labor or spend yet. Look at how beautifully they're clothed, more beautifully than Solomon. Like what he was sharing, like there's things that you get to have access to the Father that he will do for you in your lifetime, like provide for you. And not only that, but once we understood when Jesus died and it was resurrected, we understood Jesus has a destiny. Jesus is going to inherit a beautiful bride and he's going to return yes. for us. And we are in charge of them helping to partner to him to bring that beauty, to bring that, you know, to manifest that, whether it's we need educational programs or whether it's we need city transformation, whatever we need, there's a price tag attached to it. There's resources attached to it that God has no problem giving us or giving us stewardship over. And when you look at it, like a lot of Christians are in the mentality that one day there's going to be this great wealth transfer. It's all going to be over. Christians will rule everything, will be the kings and mountain, but that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, the Old Testament mentality was Pharaoh and Joseph and Esther, or not Pharaoh, um, Daniel and Joseph and Esther, who served almost like second in command or in the kingdom somewhere in influence, but they weren't the king of the mountain. And when you see that, it's really interesting because God has no problem influencing culture from a servant mentality. Yeah. Jesus came as a servant. Mm-hmm. So it's not about being the wealthiest or the richest or they have the most resource. It's about using what we have with his kingdom wisdom that multiplies it, even like the parables of talent. So when you look at, you know, right now on the earth, when you do a study, you can type into Google and say, who is the wealthiest financial people group in the world? And a lot of people might say, well, it's Americans or it's, you know, the UK or European Union or whatever, but it's actually Christians. Christians hold 51% of the world's wealth. That means that we have so much wealth, but one out of every three Christians live in extreme poverty too. So we have both Mm. extremes, but the principles Jesus preached actually work for the richest and the poorest. Mm -hmm. And in those principles, it was about a father whose joy it was to give you the kingdom. And part of the kingdom coming and manifesting your life is to give you better opportunity, give you an abundance in your opportunity, give you abundance in your relationships, your health. And so when you look at some of the original prayers, like Psalm 40, verse three, when, uh, you know, uh, David saying, I listen and obey the voice of God. We start out with the scripture. You know, your God, your hearty command, God's blessing in the city, God's blessing in the country, God's blessing your children on the crops of your land, on your young of your livestock, the calves of your herd. These kinds of themes, when you read these, these are about very practical resources that God's blessing and multiplying. This isn't about just like, well, you're going to be the ones with the most wisdom to understand spirituality. Oh, yeah. This is about God saying in your government, in your farms, in your natural resources, I'm going to bless those things. And if you look at the people of Israel, they, even to this day, the Jewish people in the top 20 fields, whether it's medical science, entertainment, uh, security, these kinds of issues in the top 20 fields and the top hundred names in those fields, they dominate still to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. And, you know, I think as believers, this is something that we all got to experience. And even the apostle Paul said in the book of Philippians, he said, I've had little and I've had much and I've learned to be content in all things. I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I've experienced this in my life and I've heard some of your story. I know you've experienced times of having little and having much. And, you know, when I first got married, I met my wife in Mozambique, Africa, serving with uh, Iris and Heidi Baker. Yeah, man. I I know, man. Heidi even gave me a ring that proposed to my wife. I I, I, I proposed on the beach in Mozambique with the most glorious sunset, supernatural sunset. It was amazing. Um, but I met my wife and we just continued to be on the missions field for years until God called us to America. And we struggled in, in America. We lived in New Jersey for a couple of years and, you know, family helped us out a lot, but we did everything we could in our own power. And we have prophetic words hovering over us about having a home and doing ministry to a degree, but the finances were just not there. And there was a few years of just extreme testing. And, 
there's like a there's a test of having little where God would you have only a couple thousand in your bank account and then God asks you to give it all away <laughs> and then he totally. and then he comes and he provides totally. supernaturally and miraculously and then God called us to move to Dallas and he told me that we've we've sowed in tears and we're going to reap with shouts of joy and me and my wife were in ministry just full blown ministry for years and I did stuff on the side to make money to provide for my family but God got me into business with a close godly friend of mine and he's released like a new mantle of like business on our lives and I've just never seen so much prosperity and blessing but then there's also a test of having much where now you have more than what you need and are you going to be generous with it are you going to write the bigger checks are you going to you know what I mean other than greed it becomes a test and so I don't know I've just seen there's a test of having little and there's a test of much and like we just need to you know see where our heart's at in each season it's more about the heart and where our heart is in each season I don't know I just love to hear a little more about that well I think for for me personally both before I was married and after I was married to do what I felt God was leading me to do both and I'm also a businessman as well and I have a ministry to do what I'm supposed to do, I've I've had to stay so connected to belief and faith and partnering my faith with God that He wanted to do greater. And remember, um, greater than I could do by myself. And great, then I'm living a life that I'm saying I want a God result, not a man-made result. So you can't yes. just use my or limit me to my skills, talents, and relational aptitude. But I need to I need to have yours. And He's led me in all kinds of things. I'm sure you you just kind of told me you could relate. And so I'm relating more to you than you are even to me, which is, you know, I haven't even gone the direction I would have chosen to go directly. Sure. I've gone in a God direction, which means I've needed him every step of the way. And there's times that it felt like, you know, he wasn't going to come through and he did even miraculously then. But God leads us to believe for things in our lifetime that we can't have access to without him. I remember for Sri and I, you know, moving to Los Angeles and I've been here now for 16 years. I had so many prophetic words people give us about having a house or, you know, having a, having a nice house in LA and a nice house in LA, a bad house in LA starts at a million dollars. And so I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that's, exactly. nice, guys. that's great. Yeah. And I think it's like something that happens when you're single, everybody process marriage, when you're married, everyone process children. And then when you have a family, everyone process a home. I feel like that just happens in the culture. If you're around charismatic, <laughs> sure. Pentecostal culture, a lot of times so I didn't take it as seriously as my wife did. And then one day we had a really good friend come in and he processed some very specific things that, he wouldn't have had details, like words of knowledge, words of prophecy. And it was so specific. It's such a heart moment for both Sri and I that we listened. And part of it was about a house in LA that God was going to root us in. And it's for our spiritual root system to go even deeper. And for some of the projects we had to be, have a place to birth those from. And I remember just listening to me saying it soon, but soon to me is like when Jesus is comes back soon. I've had to wait for some prophecies for 20 years. Oh yeah. So I'm like, you know, I've waited for LA for 15 years before I came here. I'm, finally moved here. That was an answer to prophecy. So I remember just going, God, I, I believe in you. And I believe that hardly anyone in the church had properties. We, you know, at the time I was a senior pastor of a, a church. I'm still a board member. I'm a founding member. I'm still attend called Expression 58. And um, no one in our church minus people who joined us and already had houses, got mm-hmm. houses. And so I was like, God, we're not a land rich people. We're land uh, poor people. And if you want to resource us to get property and you want to do something that's a sign to wonder, I remember back to a man named Bob Jones, who, you know, a lot of things oh, yeah. back to Bob mm-hmm. Jones, who's an old prophet who I love. He's like my grandpa. And he told me one day um, God would, he'd be uprooting the unrighteous root system of Hollywood in the entertainment industry in LA. And he would deeply root Christians in. And one of the signs of it would, would be they would get housing. So about 10 months after this man, Julian, gave us this prophetic word about housing that's coming soon. 
my wife began to know the whole real estate market of Los Angeles, whether it's 25 million or whether it's 300,000 fixer upper on the east side. You know, sure. she knew it all. She just had a memory for it. I was enjoying her prayer time and even bringing my three year old daughter at the time into it and just saying, like, let's pray together for the house God has for us and let's dream together. And so she ended up telling me what she would want. And I happened to be at the call at Zusa, if anybody from the listeners went to that or watched it. Yeah. And a woman named Cindy Jacobs, who I love, came up to me and grabbed me. Like after I got on the, uh, I was on the stage for a few minutes, I got off and she grabbed me and prophesied. I was, thank God I knew to record it. But so I, I, I just opened my phone real fast to record. And she said, there's a property coming. And she described the property. That's a very unique property. There's a, and she, it has a soundstage and it has a house and it has other things on it. And she's like, it's right in the heart of LA. It's right. She tells me the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so specific. And I didn't believe it at all. Like, what yeah. she's telling me, <laughs> yeah. I had zero belief. I was like, there's, I don't know if she knows this, but properties like that can't exist because there's not permitting for them. There's no, sure. you have to have residential or commercial. Or I'm like, that's so sweet. And I just literally walked away going, I'm really impacted by that word, but I had no mental belief. Like, sure. there's no, but spiritually, God, if you want to do something like that, align my spiritual faith with my mind because my mind isn't. I think I'm just so tired when it comes to resources and believing for greater, yeah. uh-huh. especially real estate. It's hard. I'm, I'm exhausted. So I began to pray some really big prayers about God, the provider, Abraham saying, you know, like God is Jehovah Jireh. And that to me was a buzzword growing up. I used a sure. lot of book. <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. a buzzword growing up, but I hate it because it was like, I didn't hate the name of God, but I hated the way people were like, Jehovah Jireh, he's going to give me a new RV. Jehovah Jireh, it was like that name and claim it. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that in the right context, but I was exposed to it in a really negative context. So I was like, people are just losing their minds over wanting something and asking God to fulfill it like a genie. I'm not doing that. But in this season, I was like, okay, God, for us to really be deeply rooted and for that unrighteous root system to lift up, we need to be planted. And I believe even for my family that you, you're going to root us in. Another thing is my wife's from Vermont and didn't, she loved LA, but she could move somewhere else very easily, like Texas or somewhere else very yeah, easily. Sure. But I knew even for us to be here long-term, we were going to have to be rooted in by a house. It was going to have to. So I knew even like our purpose here was there's something that needed to be rooted in this. So I began to pray. At the same time, I didn't have a lot of confidence in God's ability to bring in our life a house. And so, you know, as we went, um, it was in July. I actually shared uh, ministry offices with Iris uh, LA. And yeah. Heidi was actually basing us here for a while during that time. Yeah, Pastor Heidi yeah. gave us donated our. It was when I was moving from being a senior pastor. I had to be like, let me give you your office space for your first office space. So we um, office together. It was actually in Glendale, California when it started. Okay. And so one day I was coming back and I was going to meet with some of the Iris crew. And I was coming back from lunch. Uh, so I was walking back to the offices. And, uh, and I heard God internal audibly say, the house that I have for you that I've described for you is going to go off the market on Tuesday. It's a Thursday. And he says, <laughs> do you want it? And I go, First of all, I went, God, you're a father. You, you're not a mean God because you would have come on Wednesday and said, I had a house for you, but you would never partner your faith. I'm so sad. Wow. That's not who God is. Yeah. Is it the house I have for you? You have one chance, one spot at. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And the only thing I could think of is Julian and Cindy Jacobs' words. So I put those together, called my wife and said, honey, oh, and God spoke this line and said, you have not partnered your faith to me in a real way. Are you ready to partner your faith to me? And I'm like, wow. I don't want to be that person. And I could just feel the father as a provider saying, this is part of what will make your whole life go forward. Please believe with me. It's my joy to give it to you. And yes, it's been hard, but this is what delivers you from the hardness. Like, come come with me on this journey. Wow. And so I call my wife and I repent to her because I never <laughs> told her Cindy Jacobs' word. Oh, wow. I never okay. told her. Yeah. I forgot. 
Sure. And I tell her, like, honey, I'm so sorry. Like, how could I do this to you? She's laughing on the phone. I described the word to her. I think I played it for her. And she goes, Sean, I have a listing saved under my whatever Zillow or Redfin or whatever account that is the exact match to her word. Even the listing name is what she said. Oh, my gosh. Wow. She goes, do you want me to, to call up and, and get an appointment to see it? And the woman <laughs> who leads my prophetic team, she's a minister with us. She also is a real estate agent. So we call Lori up and the rest is history. The long story of how we got in, but we ended up getting this like really amazing house. I'll just tell one more part of the story, which is I, I remember reaching out to God and going, now I'm in full faith, but now I'm, it's delusional because we don't have the money for this property. <laughs> and there's a bidding war going over this property Jesus. that it was going above listing price with cash, full price cash offers. And I'm laughing, but we don't even have financing yet, God. And, and I, I thought I got to write the, the owner a letter and tell him you need a miracle. So I'm like, well, that's super cliche, but I'm going to do it. I'm just going to follow obedience. My wife doctored the letter after about our family. Mm-hmm. But the first line is, dear sir, we need a miracle. And he had been watching us when we toured the house pretending to be a landscaper, like a, a, because he, he's Hispanic. And he was, he was out with the landscapers pretending because he wanted to watch all the people who were looking at the house because there was only one day to look at this property. Uh-huh. And we were one of the people who looked at it. So he was watching us and he, he fell in love with our family. He's a total heathen, doesn't love Jesus, but a great guy. <laughs> So, but his grandmother prophesied to him before he moved from Peru to America and said, you're going to get a miracle property and when it, and it's going to change the scope of your life. And when it's time to get out of that property, make sure to pass on to someone who gets a miracle or you're not going to be blessed. So <laughs> wow. when he read my letter, when he's the opening day of the bidding war, he reads my letter first, knowing that we can't afford the house. As a dear sir, we need a miracle. He knew he had to work with us to figure out how to get the house. And he gave us one week and we did this creative project and we got the house. So that, wow. those are the kinds of stories that it's like God as a provider, as a father, is looking at what Jesus needs to get the fullness of his reward. It's not about us becoming, you know, getting two planes because we want to fly around the world. It's about the Jesus is going to get a beautiful bride at the end of the age. And we're part of creating that with him and co-creating mm. with God, Jesus' inheritance. And so anything that has Jesus' inheritance at stake, we have the right to ask for that provision. Now, we're part of that. He loves us, and he loves to give us his blessing as a father. But it's under something. There's, it's, yes, it's under blessing us so we get right identity and health and all those kinds of things. But it's also, there's a great, there's twofold purpose in it. And you need to see both of those inside of it when you're getting blessed. Like, yes, this is blessing our family and our legacy. But can I see how this is affecting Jesus getting his reward as well? There's, if you ask that question, you can see yeah. it. You'll never feel guilty. You'll never feel guilty. You'll never feel wrong. And you'll see, you'll see it as an act of the Father providing for you. Yes. Through what Jesus did on the cross. Yes. I appreciate your honesty because I feel like a lot of a lot of ministers just tell the uh, the um, victory stories and they don't share really where they're at in terms of faith. You know, when, <laughs> when when you go through things and people automatically assume, oh, Sean Bowles just got super faith all the time. This guy and all of his miracles and his super faith, but they but they start to see like, oh wow, no, yeah, m- you know, ministers, every single person in the body of Christ, we all you know, we all have ex- you know thoughts of doubt and we all fall short and. You know, the Lord, he's so gracious and merciful and he brings us up to where we need to be. And um, I just, first of all, I just, I really appreciate that. And, you know, like Will, Will Hart one time, he's, he's, he's a friend of mine. He was a friend of yours too. He, he, he prophesied over me when I was in Mozambique, he was prophesying over like 30 staff members in Mozambique and I was one of them. And I think I'm thinking full-time ministry for me. Oh yeah. Like just ministry, ministry, you know, and he prophesies business 
and all this stuff over me. And I thought, <laughs> I thought like this guy, you know, he prophesied over 30 people. You got to miss it at least once. Right. You can't, you can't get it perfect every time. <laughs> and so like, I just totally forgot about it. My wife heard it and she was just like, Oh, you hear that? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He missed it or whatever. And then years later when God launches us at Dallas, but this is what four or five years later, launches us at Dallas. And God begins to remind me of this prophetic word that I totally disregarded and begin to see the manifestation of it. And even when we were in New Jersey and in the very hard season of our life, we're living with family, having a baby and a baby on the way. And it was, it was, it was hard, wow. you know, I'm grateful for, yeah. for family helping us out because, because we needed it, but it was very difficult, especially as a man, very humbling. And my dad always raised me like, you got to be the provider and blah, 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 you know, and, and that's all good stuff. Work, you know, work ethic, you know, being the provider. Um, but at the same time, you know, it was humbling for me and it was definitely a refining season and my wife, man, my family has about four acres and um, my wife had a vision of a home on the same property and she thought it was going to be our home possibly. And I thought like, I'm not living on the same property as my family. I love them, but I don't want to live in New Jersey forever. I don't want to live in New Jersey forever, you know, like I, you know, and God called us to the nations. And so I'm like, that doesn't really make sense to me, but I'm like, babe, you saw it. We bring it up to my family and my dad's like getting the property subdivided and we think like, okay, well, we're getting a home. Praise God. Like this is going to be a good thing. And months go by and we're getting you know, all the, the plans are mapped out and everything. And then God speaks to me and my wife very, very clearly through um, an, an individual prophesying through an occurrence that took place in the natural, a bunch of things. It would be forever if I explained it, but he confirmed yeah. for us to be in Dallas. And it's like, how in the world I feel bad because we're already moving forward with this thing. And so it's a little bit hard, you know, sitting down with my, with my mother and father. Well, how come? Well, I thought, you know, why would God lead you there if this and that and all these different questions. And we had to come to terms with, Hey, we know that God's leading us to Dallas in this time. And so we left and it was good. You know, no, my, my family were very, very close. There was no bad blood or anything, but what it wound up being is my sister and my brother-in-law wound up moving. (laughs) My dad built a house for them and it wound up being a huge blessing for them. So my wife saw home. We automatically thought it was ours because we're believing for a home. It winds up being for my sister, <laughs> you know, who wow. it's, you know, so she got blessed through that. And then God sent us to Dallas. And in nine months, we had enough resources to buy our first beautiful home, right, right outside of Dallas. And so God, it's just so amazing what he does. You know, he, he has this word for you. You yeah. know, you're, you're going to have a home. My wife sees the vision. It's not even for us. It's for somebody else. And then God launches us in our season where we're able to prosper financially and be able to buy a home in a short period of time. And so I just love all of our stories are so unique, but the same underlying, you know, uh, reality is that we're with the Lord. We walk with him. We submit everything to him. We are his children. He wants to bless us. He wants to provide in every single way and not just financially. You know, your book provision goes through, you know, uh, provision for influence and creativity and health and relationships and business ventures, etc. I think this is so important for us to see a well-rounded view of provision, not just tangibly and financially. Yeah, and it's really, and again, I want to give people language, so it's really a prophecy, a prayer, and declaration for each of those areas. So like when we look at the beginning, it's about finances and resources, the first one, because that's how most people think of provision. Sure. But then we talk about provision for relationships, like you said, and influence and favor and health and creativity, but all the way to the poor and social justice issues, because so many of us are grips saying, God, can my life make a difference for homeless or for mm. human trafficked or for someone else, the marginalized and it can, and, and not only can it, Isaiah 58 is so clear about it, but we need those prayers, those well-constructed ways of thinking. And I feel like a lot of the ways people pray, um, we don't always grab hold of tools. I remember back you know, in the 80s when we were learning how to pray that would give us like Oswald Chambers or T- Tozer or someone 
they would give us other people and say, look at how they wrote and prayed and talked to God and talked to the masses. Even C.S. Lewis, it wasn't a prayer book, but it was like his language, mere Christianity, like, like form your prayers around, around well-constructed people who mm. have already communicated really well. Yeah. And I felt like a lot of the people, I'd sit down with people, I'd say, okay, let's pray for provision. And I would hear them beg God, please God, would you God, would you? Versus coming from a place of like, I'm your father, it's my joy to give you my kingdom. Yeah. And so I felt like I was supposed to start with like, here's what the Bible says, here's a prophecy, here's a, here's a prayer, now let's declare it. And so um, we did this with Breakthrough. This provision just come out as we're recording this right now. Mm-hmm. We did this with Breakthrough, the, the theme of Breakthrough. And that we've got more responses than any of my books, other than Keys of the Economy. Um, we've had more responses about this book, uh, mm-hmm. Br- Breakthrough, or this, this prayer book, simple little prayer book. And then I did provision in the, the, the follow-up because I know the state of the union of the world right now is that so many yes. people are like, I've come to an end because of the COVID and political crisis and uh, financial crisis of the nations right now. People are like, I've come to an end. What do I do? Well, as a Christian, we don't live just with the economy around us or the resources around us. We live linked to heaven's resources with God who owns everything. Mm-hmm. So we have to come back into a place of personal ownership to that. This is, this is my identity first. Yes, my natural may not speak of this right now, but I, I'm responsible to pray and with great authority and declare what God wants to do and is doing that may be unseen and, and trust him for that and keep my mind and heart um, focused and affections mm-hmm. on those things, yep. what he is doing, even in the midst of a world where I'm not seeing it manifest yet, because we live, you know, believing that what's unseen is going to manifest. And so I feel like the book's been really amazing to write. And I have obviously had feedback already because it's been sure. out for about a couple of weeks. Sure. I've had feedback from people who are like, I would have never gotten a book on resources or provision. I feel like people, it's always so imbalanced, but this has helped me. And I've had some very wealthy people and some very poor people both reach out to me and say, this book's changed my life. And it's mm-hmm. just a perfect. Amazing. I love that, but it's so easy to read. We used it. I mean, I, I, these are prayers that came from my own journey with God. So we, yes. my wife and I pulled it together a couple of times, even in the seasons we had to reorganize, you know, canceling 37 city tour because we can't travel right now, obviously. Yeah. So canceling the tour and just saying, God, what do we do when 70% of our income for our ministry was tied into a tour? So how do you want us to reorganize that? And he was so beautiful and it was hard. I mean, like some people will say, oh, it just happened. No, we worked really, really hard. Our whole team had to work really, really hard. And we had to look at, do we have the right team for the new kind of setup? And what does that look like? And it was, a, it was some hard, big decisions. But man, I'm so grateful to be able to walk with God because people who are business owners or ministry leaders or organizational leaders who don't have Jesus mm-hmm. speaking to them and, and, and they don't look at him as a father. I don't know what they do when they get these times. They just use their best wisdom and, and hope it works. And I'm like, I don't want to live that way. Yeah. Now, the first couple chapters of your book, you really lay a strong foundation. Then you have quotes from amazing people like Smith Wigglesworth and Billy Graham and Brian Houston and all these great people. And then you have the scriptures that relate with each chapter. And then you have the prophetic utterance of the Lord and you have prayer and then you have declarations. And so I highly recommend it. It's it's a small book, you know, it's just perfect for daily meditation and daily activation. I highly I highly recommend grabbing it. And this is, you know, before we get into, I want people to know how to connect with your ministry and everything like that. Before we do that, I'd love to just get into a time of prayer because I really, I know that people are struggling right now. I have a lot of friends that are in full-time ministry, itinerant ministers. 
Um, and I know just a bunch of people in general that I run into that wind up opening up to me about where they're at financially. They have a family. They're in transition. They're having a hard time hearing from God. They don't really know what to do next, etc. And I just thank yeah. God that I'm in the position right now with my company that I get to bring people in. Like I've brought in family members and friends you know, in that are able to. It's become an outlet for people to really provide for their families and and you know in this season, which I'm so grateful. It's one of my one of my favorite things ever. I'm I'm an evangelist at heart, and so no matter what I do that I love that blesses me, I want everyone to do it too. And so I'm always just yeah. I'm always just naturally recruiting, and then I love just giving people tools to see them thrive. And and so it's been an awesome season. But I just know there's so many people out there that are struggling right now, and I I, I would love to just pray into that. However, you feel led, Sean. Um, just to bless the people that you know, are I'm going to do it. I'm going to read one paragraph out of page three and one paragraph out of page five, which awesome. is a prophecy prayer. Yes. It'll be super easy because I believe it's relevant to the listeners. They can hear what the book's like, and it's it's a real prophecy. Sure. Uh, for page three, I am the father, and it's my good pleasure to give you my kingdom. My kingdom is not just principles and theory. It's tangible and requires provision in the natural. I thought of all the good works you would do before time began, and I prepared a storehouse for you in heaven that you can access by faith. Mm-hmm. Every resource you need to live the complete life I've given you is already available. My son gave you the keys of the kingdom, and these keys unlock these resources. They're already in your hands. Resources to do all that I've dreamed for you to do are available. Resources of family, finances, properties, technologies, relationships, anointings, gifts, talents, they're all in my heart for you. I don't lack any imagination for what is needed. I know what you need. It was my, never my intention to keep you here just to survive, but to actually overcome. When you allow yourself to have an overcomer's mindset that my son demonstrated, you will begin to access the riches of my provision so you can treasure the riches of my glory. Now we're just going to pray. That's just part of the prophecy. And this is the prayer on page five. God, I want to know you in your nature as my father and my provider. Just pray that with God. I want to see you as a good father and understand that there was never an intention of lack in my life. I pray that you would bring revelation to me of your love for me and the world around me. And that would you, you would use my life as a great resource center for everyone I'm called to reach. God, I have many needs, and on top of that, I have many desires. Teach me to walk with you so these are not just my dreams, but I can see your desires, which are greater than mine. Help me to have belief that I'm called to reflect your Father's nature and also be a powerful provider on the earth to the world around me. I pray that you would take me from poverty mentality. I surrender any area of thinking that has a pattern of lack, and ask that you rewire it with truth. If my family generationally reproduced poverty, cut it off so that I can believe in the fullness of your provision for my life, for my family, and for my calling. Jesus, I want to bring you the fullness of your reward. I pray that I would have access to every natural resource I need without lack so I can have the impact you designed me to walk in. God, I invite you to be my provider, and I receive your ability to produce resources and finances for everything that you've created me for and for everyone you've called me to love. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So powerful. Uh, Sean, how could people get a hold of this book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, Declarations, as well as every other resource you have? And then also tell us about your YouTube channel, you know, TV show hosts, and like every, everything you're doing right now for people to receive from. <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm them. So Amazon for any books, Provision's on there, or else BullsMinistries.com. We also have books. I have a mentoring platform that we release five new videos uh, a week, plus we have some sort of event. Right now it's the Provision Devotional. It's a 30-day, three-minute devotional that you can watch yeah. every day and at your own pace, your own speed. And our mentoring program is awesome. It's our only other paid-for thing that we do. It's $14 a month. Then everything else we do is free. We have a YouTube series on Growing the Prophetic, which is called Your Prophetic Journey. We have 
a podcast that has two editions a week. It has exploring the industry, which is about entertainment, and exploring the prophetic, how to hear God's voice that transforms your life and the world around you. You're going to love that story based. And then we have a TV show on TBN on Monday nights uh, based on my Translating God book. And then my Exploring the Industry podcast is also a TV show on CBN News Network. And it's just phenomenal. So if you get CBN News Network locally, or if you want to watch it online, you can watch it there as well. Awesome. And I could just say, I've listened to about 60% of your podcasts. I've done a lot of driving and I've listened to a lot of your uh, podcasts (laughs) and I've been very, very blessed by them. So I highly recommend tapping in to his podcast and just thank you so much, Sean, for joining me, man, on the podcast today. No, thank you. And come be on my podcast. Come be a guest. Let's flip that up. Oh, I would love that so much. You'd be such a blessing. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to to subscribe, rate, and review so we can get this out to more people. And yeah, I really want people to be blessed, challenged, inspired by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast.